Happy New Year, Grace Fellowship. It is good to be with you guys in 2021, the year we thought would never come. I am super, super thankful for all that God has done for us in 2020, and I am super excited about all that God has planned for us in 2021. I don't know how many of you are like following us on social media and paying attention to our uh, updates either on Facebook or Instagram or wherever you're getting your social media feeds. But uh, I just wanted to mention that every Tuesday, Garrett does this, um, this news feed, Grace Fellowship News, where he brings us up to speed on what's going on in our church. And I always appreciate it. And this week, I just wanted to point something out. Garrett lied to you. So I just want to make you aware that you got to watch that guy. Sometimes you never know what you're going to get from him. He told us that this Sunday was going to be uh, a special Vision Sunday where I'm going to be sharing uh, the, the next installment of a long series of messages that began a long time ago. And he said, I think we're up to like part late 20s somewhere. And he was wrong. Uh, he was mistaken. And I don't blame him at all because he wasn't even conceived, let alone born, by the time we did part one of this sermon series called, Where Do We Go From Here? That actually took place in 1992, January of 1992. And what that means is, this is part 30 of a 30-part series so far entitled, Where Do We Go From Here? Now, if you've been around this church for a while, you know about this sermon series. You've been listening every uh, January, first Sunday in January, to hear this message. But if you're new around here, let me kind of bring you up to speed. If you, if you dial back to about late 1991, what you have in our church is this little church plant. The church was actually planted in 1987. Christy and I joined the team in the middle of uh, 1989. And uh, the church was just sort of finding its way, getting its feet. We originally met in the city of Diamond Bar. And uh, we rented the auditorium of a, of a middle school there in Diamond Bar. And we met there on Sundays, and that was our church experience. And, and the church was starting to get some momentum. You know, it wasn't big, but we had a few people and was starting to grow, and some cool things were starting to happen. But the great thing that that church had going for us you know, when we didn't have a building and we didn't really have an identity and all that kind of stuff was we had an amazing senior pastor. Our senior pastor who planted the church was just a gifted, godly, incredible guy and uh, still one of the most precious men in my life. Uh, his name is Cliff Howery. And Cliff is just like a magnet to people. And people came because of Cliff. But what happened is Cliff told us that uh, the Lord had called him to go to move to the state of Idaho and pastor a church there. And so it was in late 91 that we got that news. And uh, the leaders of the church sort of asked me, I was the youth pastor. And I was really busy with a big youth group and all the stuff that was going on. And they asked me, listen, do you think that you could maybe fill the pulpit for like six weeks while we go find another pastor? Now, that gives you an idea how clueless we were. We thought, oh, six weeks, that'll be plenty of time to find another pastor. And so we didn't even get the pastor search barely started in six weeks. 
And so uh, I started preaching on those Sunday mornings. And, and I'm telling you right now that the, the church was scared to death. Nobody really knew what to do. Once uh, the end of 1991 came, that was Cliff's last week with us, the last Sunday in 1991. And I knew that I would be preaching a sermon the first Sunday of 1992. And that I was going to need to somehow rally the troops or direct them about what was going to be happening next. A lot of people left as soon as they heard Cliff was leaving. And more people were planning to leave. And there was real concern about whether we should even continue this. I mean, we hadn't officially become a church yet. We were just uh, a church plant. We didn't really own any property. It would have been fairly easy for us to just dissolve the thing and walk away from it. And I didn't know how to lead this group of people as a young pastor at that age. And so in my quiet time, I was studying the book of Philippians and I just came across this verse. And I want to I wanna take you to Philippians chapter 1. Take your Bibles, if you will, and join me there. This is our passage at the beginning of every January. I want to remind you of this. And I want to take us starting in verse 1. This is what I read in my quiet time that week. Here it is. Philippians 1.1, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons. So he's writing to everybody, the whole church in Philippi. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God and all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. In view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. At a time when I was just crying out to God going, Lord, what are you doing with this church? Do you have a plan for this church? Is this church going anywhere? It was like the words of verse 6 just jumped off the page at me and God was speaking through his word. And he was reminding me that he hasn't changed at all. And so if you think about Paul's basis for this confident assertion that he makes in verse 6, the basis of that is verse 5. Go back to verse 5. In view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. This Philippian church to whom Paul is writing is a young church. They're a new church. They're not very well established even at this point. And, and Paul started the church. He was there for like a couple of days and a couple of people got saved and they became the elders of the church. And then Paul left. And that's how the Philippian church got started. And he's saying, I have watched what God has done from the first day until now and how he has created in you this movement and God is doing a great thing. I have watched your participation in the gospel and now I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. He will complete it. He will bring it to maturity. Now, sometimes it is a good idea to look back. And that's exactly what he's doing here. He's saying, based on what I've seen up until now, I'm confident about this. It's good sometimes to think about what God has done up until this point. 
And that's one of the ways that God reminds us of his faithfulness. So let's take a quick glance backwards as the people of Grace Fellowship. In addition to marking the 30th installment in this sermon series over the course of 30 years, this month also happens to mark the 10th anniversary of the opening of our worship center. And, and most of you were not here back in uh, 92 when we preached this first sermon. But a bunch of you were here 10 years ago when we opened the building that I'm standing in now that is, has become the worship center and really the, the center of the activity of this church in this city. And, and, and let me tell you something. As I stand in this building, which now is empty, I could tell you something from experience right now in this moment, and here it is. The church is not the building. The church is not the building. Guys, I'm standing in a building and the church ain't here. The church is in their living rooms or wherever you are watching this and joining us today. Even when we were raising money to purchase our first building, our first piece of property in Roland Heights back in 1993, we emphasized then that the church is not the building. And when we moved to Duarte, we moved into this little tiny dilapidated building that was falling apart, or shall we just say, long past its prime. And then we emphasized, hey, it's okay. You know why? Because the church is not the building. And when we opened this new building, beautiful as it is, we emphasized on that day 10 years ago, you know what, guys? As great as this building is, this church is still not this building. The church was not the building in 1987 when we were meeting in a, in a school auditorium. The church wasn't the building in 93 when we purchased our first property. The church was not the building when we moved to Duarte in 2006. The church wasn't the building in 2011 when we cut the ribbon on this new building that we had, that we had built. And 10 years after that, the church is still not the building in 2021. And God drove that lesson home in our hearts, didn't he? In 2020. Because in 2020, we locked the doors to the building. And they've been locked now for eight months, nine months, going on 10 months. And we had to learn to worship together. We had to learn to be the church together while we were separated from one another physically. My friends, the church has never been the building. The church is us. We're the church. God hasn't called a building to worship him. He's called a people to worship him. He has made us his people, the church. We're the church. Now, some of you have become an integral part of this church during 2020, and you've never even set foot in this building. You have no nostalgic feelings whatsoever about this property. You've never even been here. And some of us live a long way away from this building. And up until last year, if I said that, I would be using examples like people live in the faraway land of Orange County 
or people who live in San Bernardino and make the trek in, or, or families that we have who, who live in Moreno Valley, or, or a family that lives in Paris. That used to be my idea of what it is to live far from the church. But guess what? In 2021, we have added so many people to this congregation who don't even live in this area at all, don't even live in this state, many of whom don't live in this country. We have people who are a part of this church. I mean, a part of this church in the life of the church, in the fellowship of the church, in, in grace groups, participating, doing ministry. People who are a part of this church uh, in Lake Tahoe. We have people who are part of this church in Idaho. We got people who are part of this church in New Hampshire. We have people who are part of this church in, in Hawaii. We have people who are part of this church now in different parts of Africa. It is an astonishing thing to me to realize how God has driven home this point that the church is not the building in 2021 when the building has become so secondary to the life of what it is to be the church. So we have people all over the world who are now part of this church. How weird is that? It's weird. But just because it's weird doesn't mean it's bad. God is doing a new thing and we're getting to experience him as he joins, as we join him in what he's doing. If 2020 taught us anything, it's that as a church, we can keep our core values. We can stay on our mission. We can keep all of that intact but we have to be willing to think outside the box and flex with God in order to join him in what he is doing. Some very significant ministry has taken place in 2020 in ways we never even dreamed ministry could take place. It's all about joining God and what he's doing. Guys, the church is still us. And the promises God has made to the church, the promises God has made to his people are every bit as valid to us in 2021 as they were to the Philippian church in the first century. It was in view of what God had already done in his people in the, in the church at Philippi that Paul made this confident assertion in Philippians 1. Let me read it again. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Verse 5 is the basis for that. In view of your participation in the gospel, from the first day until now, I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. It was a promise that God made to them. He was saying, I'm not finished with you yet. Now, let me, let me help you to understand the passage, right? Because, because when it says, he who began a good work in you, we tend to think he's speaking to an individual. He's not speaking to an individual. He's made that clear in the first couple of verses when he said, I'm writing to all of the church at Philippi, including the overseers and deacons. I'm writing to you as a whole. I'm writing to you, Paul says, as a group. So when Paul says, he who began a good work in you will perfect until the day of Christ Jesus. He's not just talking to an individual 
who's going through a hard time and needs to be encouraged. He is talking to a church, to a local congregation. And to that local congregation, he brings home and applies the principle that is taught for the people of God throughout all of Scripture. And that is, God keeps his promises. God finishes what he starts. God is faithful. That principle is as true today as it ever was. Faithfulness is at the core of God's very nature. Even if for some reason God wanted to be unfaithful, if God wanted to break his promises, if God wanted to walk away from his responsibilities, he couldn't do it because his nature as God is faithfulness. God is faithful. And when he starts a work, He's faithful to complete it. And he started a good work in this congregation over 30 years ago now. When, when he put the vision for this church, and it was just a glimpse of a vision then, into the hearts of a few faithful believers who ended up planting this church, they never had any idea of all that God was going to do, of the thousands of people who would be impacted and the changes that would be made in people's name, in Christ's name, in people's lives. They had no idea. They just had this little vision, this inkling from God that, that if I start a church in the, in the East San Gabriel Valley, God will be able to do something great. And that's exactly what happened. And God began that good work. And God has continued that good work in and through us ever since. There have been a lot of ups and downs over the years. There have been numerous times in our church's history when we have had no idea how we were going to carry on the ministry. There were times when we didn't know if, where we were going to be able to meet or if we were going to be able to meet. There have been times when our most key leaders have moved away and God has taken them and put them somewhere else. There have been times when our finances, we looked at them and said, I don't know how we're going to pay the electric bill next month. There have been times of great joy and times of great disappointment. But through all of the ups and downs, God has been faithful. It's who he is. So, there's no way to explain this church apart from him. There's no way to explain this church apart from his miraculous power and his enduring faithfulness. And with that in mind, here's what I would like to do. With the, with the little bit of time that we have left, here's what I would like to do. I would like to take the last few minutes here and I would like to talk in detail about the plan for 2021 in this church, about what's going to be happening in the life of Grace Fellowship. And I would like to go month by month and just fill you in on what the plans are for 2021 and how that's going to go, okay? That's what I'd like to do. That's what I'd like to do. But I can't. I wish I had a dollar for every time I've heard someone say something like, man, I can't wait to turn the page on 2020 so we can get back to life as normal. Well, I don't know. I looked at the calendar and uh, it says that it's January 3rd of 2021 now. And guess what? Uh, the COVID situation in Southern California is worse than it's ever been. 
So I don't know if you thought that somehow turning the page on 2020 was going to mean that we were going to like walk out of darkness and into the light and everything was going to be clear and everything was going to be easy and we were going to know what's happening and know how to make our plans and all that kind of stuff. But uh, guess what? Here we are in 2021 and there's still a lot of uncertainty. We've turned the calendar page, but we still have absolutely no idea as a church we have absolutely no idea when we're going to be able to gather again as a congregation and meet in large groups or, 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 or how that's going to happen or where that's going to happen. So here we go. We're, we're marching into what looks to me like a very foggy 2021. And so what does that mean? Does it mean that we're not going to make any plans? Oh, no, no. Of course we're making plans. We're making plans, but let me just put it this way. We're writing them in pencil. Because if we learned anything from 2020, it's that sometimes God moves in a way that we didn't see coming, and we have to flex with God. We have to pivot with God. We're paying special attention this year to verses like Proverbs 16:9 where it says the mind of man plans his way but the Lord directs his steps the mind of man plans his way yes we're supposed to be good stewards of our time of course we need to make plans but oh my friends if you think your plans control your destiny you have misunderstood the meaning of a sovereign god God is working in ways you may or may not understand. And so, yes, make your plans. At Grace Fellowship, the leadership team is making plans. We have a lot of plans, and you're going to be hearing more about those plans. But let me just remind you, we're keenly aware, more so than we've ever been before, that our plans are in the hands of God, and it's up to Him to determine the details of those plans. So we're paying close attention to that passage. We're paying close attention to passages like the one in James chapter 4. If you have your Bible, I, I want you to turn to this one. Uh, James is at the back of your New Testament right after Hebrews. And go to James chapter 4 with me. Because, you know, James is so direct and, and straightforward and he doesn't beat around the bush and he doesn't mind stepping on toes and he kind of calls us out sometimes. Here's what he says in James chapter 4 beginning in verse 13. He says, come now you who say today or tomorrow we'll go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You're just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance and all such boasting is evil. Guys, I just want to remind you, I want to share with you something God's been doing in my life in 2020. He's been reminding me of my utter dependence upon him. My utter dependence upon God. I desperately need God to direct my path. And if I think that I can say this will happen and then this will happen and then this will happen, then I'm, I'm somehow arrogant enough to believe that I'm in control of those things. 
Guys, we're not in control of those things. We are subject to a God who works as he will. And he doesn't always fill us in on what those plans will be. So let me summarize James' statement for you. He basically is saying this. Listen, guys, it ain't about you. It ain't about your plans. And it ain't about your power and your faithfulness. James says, if you think that it is about you, you're arrogant. It's about God and his plans and his power and his faithfulness. He's not telling us not to make plans, but he is telling us not to put our trust in our plans and our power to carry those out. If you get nothing else from today, I hope you'll get this, this sense of calling to put your complete trust in God and look to him for direction. So we're writing our plans in pencil in 2021. And you'll be hearing more about the specifics in the weeks ahead. But we're not putting our hope and our trust in those wonderful plans. We're putting our hope and our trust in our wonderful God. That's where our hope and trust go. He always completes the work he begins. Listen, I am so proud of the way this church responded to the challenges of 2020. I am so proud of you guys. You stayed the course. You kept the faith. You continued to carry out God's mission as a church under very challenging circumstances. You looked out for one another. You, you gave sacrificially. You, you started new ministries, new ministries in the time of COVID. You touched more lives than ever before. Guys, the reach of this church has gone so far beyond where it ever used to be. You were flexible and you were prayerful and you were courageous in 2020. You met needs that weren't even needs in 2019. You adapted, you volunteered, you did life together. You made grace groups meaningful and powerful, even through Zoom meetings. You impacted this community in powerful ways. I am so proud of this church. And I am humbled and honored to be a member of this church family. But let's not forget the lesson of Philippians 1.6. He will be faithful to complete the good work that he began to do in us. It's simply not about you and me. It's about God. And while we stumble sometimes and we waver and we lose heart, God never does. 2021 is going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing for this church, but not primarily because of us, but primarily because of him. We're going to continue to be about our mission, evangelism, discipleship, ministry, missions. That's what makes up our mission statement. We're going to continue to be about those four things. And we're going to have to do it in ways we've never done it before. But we will be about those things. That won't change, even though the tactics might have to change. We're going to continue to focus on loving God, loving people, 
and changing the world. That's God's calling for us. And his calling on this church has not changed at all. Listen, just because circumstances change doesn't mean God changes. He never changes. And just because circumstances change doesn't mean that his mission and calling for our life has changed. We're going to stay true to those things that God has communicated to us over the years. And we're going to keep making plans. And we're going to keep writing them in pencil because some of them are going to have to get erased and some of them are going to have to get changed. We're going to keep devoting ourselves to certain things, like the Word of God. We're going to keep teaching the Word no matter what. And so one way or another, whether it's through our various Bible studies or our youth or children's ministry, or whether it's through preaching on Sunday mornings or grace groups or whatever, we're going to continue to teach the Word of God. We're going to plant our flag in the truth of God's Word, and we're going to stand there in 2021 in a time when truth is becoming very hard to find. We're going to continue to find it in the Word of God, and we're going to continue to proclaim it to a world that needs it. And we're going to keep making great efforts to do life together. And yes, it's going to take great effort. We're going to have to keep calling one another on the phone and having meetings online and doing our counseling ministry and discipleship that way. We'll make sacrifices. We will adjust as necessary to changing circumstances by pivoting wherever we have to and whenever we have to. We will put our preferences aside. It's the, it's the history of this church. We put our preferences aside. We lay down our lives for the glory of God and the sake of the mission he's called us to. And we'll do all of that in creative and innovative ways. And we will join Paul in becoming all things to all men that we might by all means save some. But in the end, when it's all said and done, 2021 will be great because God is great. And this church is a reflection of him. He's the light of the world and we are the reflection of that light. It will be great because of his faithfulness in spite of us, not because of us. Trials and challenges have never stopped God's church. Pandemics and wars and social unrest and economic challenges and political upheaval have never slowed down the church of Jesus Christ. On the contrary, those things have led to unprecedented growth every time they've come. Unprecedented impact happens when the church is, uh, is in the midst of difficult times. Because the success of the church is not about our circumstances. And the success of the church is not about our programs. And the success of the church is not about our talents. In fact, the success of the church is not about us. Grace Fellowship will be a world-changing, Christ-honoring church in 2021. And I know that to be true. Not because of us, but because of him. For I am confident of this very thing. That he, he, who began a good work in us, will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. 
Father, we want to say thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that in the midst of all the circumstantial issues in our lives, you're still God and you still got us and you've got this. And so, Father, we pray for Grace Fellowship as a church that you will give us your vision moment by moment, step by step. That as that vision unfolds, Father, you would make us faithful just as you are faithful to walk in that vision and carry it out. We thank you for the steadfast mission that we have, evangelism, discipleship, ministry, and missions. We thank you for the calling that we have, that we would love God, love people, and change the world. And we pray that this year, in all of the creative ways necessary, you would help us to be about that and that you would do it through us. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. And all God's people said, amen.